0: So, at night when we sleep, we actually go through alpha, theta, delta. We keep cycling through them. And that's what builds up our neurotransmitter bank account. So, if we don't get the deep sleep that we need, we don't build up those neurotransmitters. And we can't think as clearly, as precisely, or show up as our best self. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host,
1: Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high-performance mind, body, and lifestyle. Hi friends, we're going to get into some exciting things about the brain today and specifically different brainwave states and how you can access them. You're going to be learning all about delta, theta, alpha, and beta brainwave states and another brainwave state actually that I hadn't heard of. Um, which is SMR and how you can do SMR brain training. We also talk about gamma wave brain training as well and how your thoughts create your reality and the whole kind of world of quantum physics. It's a very exciting episode with Dr. Patrick Porter who knows everything really about the way the brain works and how to influence it with um, specific affirmations and isochronic tones and binaural beats. He's the founder of BrainTap, which is an incredible device that I've been playing with over the last few months. And I've got to the point now where I'm brain tapping three times a day since I recorded this episode, not three times every day, but certainly every day, twice a day, and sometimes three times a day. And I have noticed profound changes in my Mental attitude, my disposition, in the energy that I'm able to bring, in my sleep. My sleep is like off the charts in terms of my ability to go into slow wave deep sleep, and I'm tracking that with both my aura and my whoop. Um, so follow me on Instagram at Angela S Foster if if you're not already, because uh, you can connect with me over there on insights that I'm sharing. But yes, I've noticed profound changes in my sleep but also just in synchronicities in life and the energy I'm bringing in and the people and opportunities I'm attracting into my life through really, really dedicating, or should I say having a dedicated practice to training my brain. So this kind of goes beyond meditation. Uh, it's really exciting. You can probably tell by my voice. I'm really, really excited with this, and I actually can't wait to share it with you. So without further delay, let me, let me introduce you now to Dr. Patrick Porter. Dr. Patrick is an award-winning author, educator, researcher, entrepreneur and speaker. He also won the Lifetime Achievement Award in 2020 by the Interdisciplinary Association of Functional Neurosciences and Rehabilitation. He's also the Dean of Mind Based Studies at the International Quantum University of Integrative Medicine. His Sleep RX program was voted Best Sleep Application of the Year by Health Magazine. He's been featured in The Wall Street Journal and Business Week. He's been a TV and radio personality for over 10 years. He's created more than 1,200 personal development programs and successfully marketed more than 3 million products worldwide. His newest brain training platform, BrainTap, is distinctively designed to activate the brain's neuroplasticity. The BrainTap headset uses light and sound technology in combination with Dr. Porter's proprietary guided visualization audio sessions to help you achieve brain fitness, overcome stress, lose weight, stop smoking, manage pain, accelerate learning, enjoy superb sleep, and make any number of lifestyle improvements and as you just heard i have been seeing profound changes in my own life from using BrainTap, and that's why i'm absolutely delighted to introduce you now to dr patrick porter so this is going to be a fun podcast today because we're going to be talking all about brain training and it's something that i've just really started playing with uh, those of you listening will know that i'm always trying out different nootropics always trying to enhance my brain function and using different things like meditation and breath work different techniques but On My guest on today's episode is Dr. Patrick Porter, who is actually the CBO and the founder of a company known as BrainTap. First of all, Patrick, a very warm welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
0: Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we were just talking um, offline. Thank you for coming on about about how the first time I used this, I went into one of the deepest sleeps I've had. And and that's someone who is a very, very light sleeper. Um, So I'm very excited. It's something I'm quite new to and I'm excited to learn more. Um, I guess a really good place to start is first of all, for people listening, just start with the basics and talk about the different brainwave states, what they are and and when we might want to access each one of those.
0: Sure. So right now Angela we're in a we're in a brainwave state known as beta. And, and we're in all the brainwave states, hopefully, so I'm going to explain how they work. We call it a symphony of brainwaves because there's a lot of misconception out there about one brainwave being more important than the other. All of these brainwaves are important in the right context, so kind of think about it as state-dependent brainwaves. So we need beta to interact with life, and we call this the reactionary mind because most people have too much beta. Now, beta also, when you're in a beta, too much beta brain, you overproduce dopamine, and that's why most of our addictions... Our dopamine addictions, like whether it's gambling, alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever it is, all of those are actually triggering the brain to get more dopamine. And dopamine's an exciter. So that means that it's it's meant to get you up and moving. But if you're sitting in a chair, like playing a computer game, it's gonna your brain's gonna fry. You know, in uh in fact, some of the studies we've done with computer brains, I mean, with people doing computer games, uh I would really limit time on those. Uh, now, the, when you drop down below beta, there's a brainwave called alpha. Alpha is one most people are are really familiar with because it it actually is one where you're, when you're with family or friends, people you love being with, time seems to fly. You know, the, the, there's a Jim Croce song, you never have enough time to do the things you really wanna do. <laughs> because when you're in that zone, there's no time. Time only happens in the domain of beta. So there's no time. So like if you're doing, if you're a creative artist and you're sitting behind the easel and you wonder where'd the day go, you know, that's why they have to get artists to eat. You know, somebody has to make sure they're being fed. Uh, but it's a creative place. We should have 45% of our brain should be in beta when we're awake. 30% of our brain should be in alpha. Now those two working together actually create almost an infinite amount of energy because we get energy when we get out of beta beta robs us of energy like if we're doing our taxes or we're exercising strenuously. that's why our body burns out because beta uses a lot of energy alpha is almost you're getting into a flow state now alpha also triggers the neurotransmitter acetylcholine so when you get into that alpha state you're going to be producing that Your, your brain is going to be telling your gut hey it's time to produce acetylcholine now, when we get into the next brain wave, which is called theta, theta, by the way, is the one that most adults around the world that we measure with our NeuroCheck technology, that they're missing, you know, we've done 30,000 scans. And I would say that uh, at least 90% of them have less than 3% theta. And that's a problem. That's why two thirds of the world isn't sleeping. It's theta that has to be trained, not delta, although I will get into that in a moment. Theta is the inventive mind. It's a very small brainwave uh, bandwidth that most of the inventors, they've associated with, like if you have a problem in your lab, like whether it's Edison or Einstein and, the, and uh, Tesla, they all had a, a method of going into their subconscious and retrieving a solution to their problems. And what neuroscience is saying, that happens through like an epiphany, but it happens in the brainwave state called theta. So think of infinite possibilities in theta, that's where you're super creative. Uh, if we drop down one more into delta, delta is deep sleep. And we were talking about your aura ring and measuring deep sleep. Every biohacking technology has a different way of measuring uh, I would say that uh, aura is probably the easiest to master. Uh, Biostraps is not is not as friendly. You have to do a lot more deep sleep <laughs> to get the scores, you know. So we, we've done a lot with that. But the delta needs to be triggered because delta has to do with the subconscious healing, getting into the real deep parasympathetics. But also, it's the only time the brain opens up the glial system. So what's important about that, especially for biohackers, is you while you're building up this great body and exercising and breathing and all these things, if we can't get the toxins out of the brain, we're going to have a leaky brain. So most people have heard of leaky gut. So if you have a leaky gut, you probably have a leaky brain because there's a there actually is a brain biome as well. Now, the newest brainwave on the block is gamma and a lot of people are doing a lot with gamma now, and we can talk a little about that if, you, if you'd like here today, but gamma is a higher level of creativity and problem solving. We used to think it was only about um, you know anxiety, stress, and uh, all these other disorders, because between a brainwave of 22 cycles per second and 40, it can be a little chaotic. You know, you can get anxious and stressed out, but once you reach that 40, 40 hertz beats per second, that's the, the gamma bass drum, Think of that like, the, uh, like in a band, we have the bass drum keeping the whole band together in the rhythm. That's the gamma. And now we know that gamma is super important for uh, helping people overcome, uh, whether it be dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, because they, that gamma actually breaks down amyloid plaque. Which which placking happens in the brain mostly because of inflammation, and I would say primarily because of sugar addiction. <laughs> you know, people eating too much white sugar and things, and their brain is stressed out, or or any other foods they're eating. Um, so these are the five brain waves. They're all important. The two main ones while we're awake are beta and alpha. The but we need to go through all of them. So at night when we sleep, we actually go through. Alpha, theta, delta, we keep cycling through them. And that's what builds up our neurotransmitter bank account. So if we don't get the deep sleep that we need, we don't build up those neurotransmitters and we can't think as clearly, as precisely, or show up as our best self. You know, so that that's where the energy in the reason for sleep is so important. And what happens with brain tap is we compress a sleep cycle into as small as 10 minutes or as long as 30 minutes. We actually have some that are 40 minutes, depending upon. Uh, I have a journey to Egypt that's forty minutes. So that's a deep delta recycle. So a lot of people use that for jet lag, so that they basically get back on the right time zone. So those are the the five primary brainwaves that we talk about.
1: One, one, well, I mean, where I've heard uh, gamma talks about actually a little bit more recently is I think Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it when he's seen and he's done brain scans on people and they have that spontaneous healing where they're signalling new genes to work in new uh, genes to work in new ways or new genes even, um, that they have switched into gamma. I think that's what he's observed, if I'm right. Um, so it what seems like quite in- a healing frequency from from yeah. what I hear.
0: If, if somebody has a, a high or a deep spiritual experience, they're probably going to trigger a lot of gamma. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we did a study in Dallas with uh, Dr. Rosenthal with PTSD in the military, um, some of the vets did not want to do a psilocybin with brain tap. They just wanted to do brain tap. So we mapped the brains of people on a psilocybin, and it was really fascinating to see how much gamma they were producing with these plant based medicines. Their brain just went off the chart with gamma. We'd never seen that before. So what I did was I created the Gamma series that's on brain tap. And people started having a psilocybin trips without a psilocybin. Huh. One of the oh, ways the brain, the, the brain works on all things is it's all reactionary. So we just finished a study in Brazil with the Brazilian government actually paying a quarter million dollars to prove that brain tap could replace opioids. And we proved it. We get better results in opioids with brain tap because we can trigger the opioid receptors in the brain and cause people to be pain free so uh not everybody can do it but about 80 percent of the people can experience pain-free states just by using brain tap i mean i went through painless surgery with my shoulder uh, where my dad trained me and i had my shoulder opened up and a piece of my collarbone put over with a screw nothing more than uh relaxation techniques the same ones we use in brain tap so we can we can do that if we're trained you got to train the brain though but the nice thing about the technology we have is you don't have to learn. You just yeah. have to experience it. And the brain will take you into those those states.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I want to come on to that because uh, when you're talking there actually about uh, about gamma and like mm-hmm. Data in the different frequencies. I had a very spontaneous healing experience myself when I was in hospital with pneumonia. And I'd I'd had like a chest x ray. They knew I had pneumonia, but they thought because of the size of the lymph glands that I had lung cancer. So they gave me a CT scan and ran a die through. And what they found actually was no, that the lungs were just heavily infected, both bacterially and virally. So they immediately admitted me into hospital. And when they took my bloods, they found I was neutropenic. So that was a concerning time because the next 48 hours were quite critical as to whether I was going to. To be intubated because obviously the 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 IV antibiotics were going to help with the bacteria, but we had this viral issue, and I I, I was suffering with clinical depression at the time, and whilst in in that state, I had uh, very high fevers, which I thought and Joe Dispenza talks about this gave way to this sort of lucidity, and I transitioned into a very peaceful state. And from there, experience and, 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 and really connected with my purpose and decided, like, what the hell have I been doing? You know, I've been suicidal, thinking about this all the time. I'm sort of attracting this. I've got three kids, and, and I need to be a mother to them because here I am really faced with my life potentially ending. And I had this spontaneously, spontaneous healing experience because within 48 hours of me making that decision, my blood work changed, and my white blood cell count came back. It is really, really interesting. I just find it so fascinating.
0: Yeah, well, most people don't realize the power of the psychoimmunology, which means mm-hmm. how our psychology affects our immune system. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're in a state of fear and anxiety, actually, they one of the studies they just showed, which was fascinating, was about light. Um, and we're talking about gamma, but I want to just kind of talk about ourselves as light. You right now and I, the reason you can see me and I can see you is you are emitting light. You're emitting light in the bandwidth also of 810 to 860 nanometers. That's why we can see you at night. So, like our science officer developed the clothing for a football player over here in the US called uh, Tom Brady. He has recovery wear where we can reflect our own infrared light back at us. So we have healing energy, every person. Oh, I've seen that,
1: because he has that. I think you can buy it. That's what yeah. that's doing, is it?
0: Yes, it's reflecting back. When, he, when our science office did it, he put ceramics in it that reflect back the infrared light. So when you get into these high higher states of gamma, they know that you produce 200 times more light energy. Now, what that light energy is doing is it's instructing your mitochondria to change your gene your gene expression. Every, every 40 seconds, your genes are expressing based on what's happening in your environment. And the biggest determiner is your thoughts. So your thoughts, your foods, your environment, all of those things go into it. So when they mapped the human genome in 2003, they only mapped 1%. That's because we didn't have the technology to know what the other 99% was doing. Now we have that. We know that 99% changes every 40 seconds. So when you had that light experience, when you had that gamma experience, you, if we could have you on an infrared light camera, we probably would have seen an enormous amount of infrared light right. rebraiding your DNA, retraining you to show up as your best self. And that can happen every day with the by, by the that's why you're in biohacking. I mean, you're doing that every day by the the choices you're making. And so now the best, the best you, the best version of yourself in the infinite amount of genetic variations that you could be is showing up in that moment. Because you've provided it the right inner information, and and light energy is the most underprescribed. And most people think it's a physical thing, but there's also a an inner spiritual, you know, light. You know, almost every religion talks about it. From mm. you know, and when you go to these gurus in India, which I'm fortunate enough to travel through India a lot, they will <clears throat> give you the light they'll touch you right here in the third eye and you will have like a lightning bolt (laughs) hit you. So they know how to transfer that energy. You know, not everybody can do it, but uh, I mean, everybody has the potential to do it, but you know, there's training involved. So what I, what I often found, and I I had an experience of of instantaneous healing in the hospital that happened overnight Mm -hmm. where I had a bisulfite poisoning, and so, you know, I I know those things are possible. So it's because we're changing all the time. Sure. So it, once, as we know more and more about this, the, the biggest problem people have is they don't have enough energy at the cellular level to make those switches, to flip the switch. You know, if when we measure the energy across the brain, for instance, with our NeuroCheck, we, when we did our dementia study, most of the women in the study from an energy standpoint of zero to a hundred, they were below 10, which means that their potential for energy was 100, but they were only activating about 10% of their energy. So that means their genetics, that's why they were having dementia and they were heading for Alzheimer's was that's a form of neuroplasticity is a form of energy. That's really what we're measuring when we're talking about neuroplasticity in the brain. The more energy we can bring in, the, the more our genes can express at their healthiest point So when we bring energy into the brain, the brain is the biggest energy hog we have. So it weighs two percent of the body's weight, but uses twenty-five percent of the ATP. So when we when we bring that energy in, if we can get the master programmer, let's say the the hardware online, which I don't believe we're the hardware. So don't get me wrong. I don't think we're the brain or the body or at all. We're spiritual beings expressing through these experiences. So, but. what happens is there's some confusion there's a translation problem from this higher order of thinking to our physical reality and so what you experienced was one of those one of those moments and i think people are going to
1: start like a transcendental moment effectively yeah and i've only it's interesting because when i used that brain tap it took me into a state that usually actually i have to get into a very deep state of meditation to access the only other time i've accessed it i would say apart from that hospital experience that effectively apart from with the rain tap was actually when i went into hypnosis and i was being hypnotized and i was in a very deep state of hypnosis because i'd been there for two hours and it was as i was coming out and and then the the person that was guiding me asked me to connect with my inner self and who i was And and it was absolutely incredible because I suddenly was nobody, no person. And literally, and and it it, it sounds incredibly arrogant to say it in this way, but it's not. It was like a beautiful experience because I felt like I really connected with the inner spirit of me and the impact I wanted to make on others and what I wanted to do. And and I think that's when you do become really mission driven, right? But it's it's profound, It's, it's super interesting. But what you're saying is this can take you there quicker. As quickly
0: yeah. as psychedelics. Yeah, well, yeah. What we do when we get more theta or gamma, we that's a pre. It produces GABA. GABA is a precursor to DMT, and if anybody's ever done a DMT trip, they know that every cell of our body has DMT in it. So if we can activate that, and there's a region in the brain just on the to the right of the the center where almost every spiritual experience ever recorded is done so what i did in in the gamma series is i trigger that area so that you have the frequencies that puts you in the best opportunity to have those experiences, because we're think of our brain like a transmitter and a receiver, like we would have in our automobile to pick up a radio station, although we're picking up cosmic waves, but it's, it's still there. We're, we're using that and nobody knows where a thought is located, but we know we have them, you know, so th- we, we have this hardware. So part of it is just tuning in on these different, I tell people, these brain waves are like Wi Fi networks, but they're healthy. To get to put it in perspective, the Earth has a frequency of 0.5 to 100. If we were on a spaceship coming toward Earth, that's what we would measure the Earth frequencies. But um, a lot of the frequencies we're dealing with on our planet right now are not healthy frequencies. You know, there are a lot like no J frequencies, right frequencies. But uh, when you look at 5G, for instance, the reason that's a problem is it's 50 million pulses per second, and every cell has something called a chromoform, which is a little battery that absorbs energy. In the form of light, sound, or vibration. So when it's getting hit 50 million times per second, the body's trying to figure out what that what that signal is doing, so it can adapt. And it's way too much. That's why people have a cell danger response. The cells, just like we would uh, if we were really stressed out and uh, upset, we might get into the fetal position and cry or whatever. You know, that's what the cells are doing when they get hit by that. Now, only luckily, only 20% actually have a physical exposure that shows up, but it's it's affecting everyone. So part of it is keeping that open mind, that positive outlook, to keep the that psychoimmune immune system, um, you know, functioning at its highest level. Optimism is the key, I guess I, I'd say, for for the brain to function at its highest level.
1: Mm, mm, I agree. Um, with that DMT, though, you can also activate that through certain breathwork practices, right? When you accelerate. Uh, the breath, almost like in that sort of Wim Hof style when you're like quick, not full breath, but you're in and out quickly or even like um, Tony Robbins talks about and I think it's back by an MIT study where you're sort of in like like that and you're activating energy.
0: Yeah, I mean, we did, I've been, I had three published papers this year on breath work alone with, they're in PubMed that I did with uh, the uh, Ames Institute where we showed everything we do with brain tap, you can do with breath work. The only problem is it takes work. So, yeah. you know, because right. in that's India, we, in India, they can't afford the headset, but like in our dementia study, we showed the two hemispheres were off balance. So the left hemisphere was actually slowing down or had less energy. It should be matched 10.8 uh, volts across the frontal lobe. But what, what happens as we get older, unfortunately, is one hemisphere tends to slow down over the other, and that's where dementia comes in. So we showed that through doing a pranayama where you hold the nose and you go back and forth, that's actually activating the different hemispheres at about six weeks, just like using brain tap. If you do the breath work three times a day, you can balance that brain, but you got to keep doing it too. It's one of those things. That's why the gurus and the, the people, I mean, in India, they even have Chronos therapy, which is um, light therapy, right? From the sun. They knew that if, a, if somebody was having a, a mental issue like de- depression, anxiety, stress disorders, they actually talk about it in their Vedas, they would have them sit outside two hours before sunrise. Now, the interesting thing about two hours before sunrise and why I tell people I take ancient traditions and make modern technology is two hours before sunrise, there's more infrared light hitting the planet than any other time of the day. So if you want to do infrared light therapy without buying like the lights you have behind you, you know, you'd want to go outside and do it. Now, the problem is we have a lot of pollution now. It's not as, you know, it's not as readily available, but that's when the sun is, that's when our, they knew the brain would be healed through infrared light. Now, we know that today, you know, like in photobiomodulation in the brain, we know that infrared light can heal the brain. Now, how did they know it 10,000 years ago? I have no idea, but they, it's in their scriptures.
1: Interesting. And before we get into um, the device actually there, when we're talking about these brain waste days, there's something that I'd really like your input on because I know like a lot of people listening to this podcast will be interested in this because they're biohackers and they're also really trying to optimize productivity, creativity and, 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 and function. Um, and it's something I do a lot with my clients. The thing that I'm always perpetually playing with in terms of these brain waste days is not just the evening, it's actually the morning routine. And just really, really trying to get that right. And now I'm looking at that in relation to the female menstrual cycle and how that's affected as well. But one thing that I found is, um, sometimes if I, you can I, 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 and I do different things, right? So you can really prime your state, and I can imagine you can do this with brain tap, which is what I'm gonna be experimenting with over the next few weeks. Um, you can do it with different breathwork techniques, with meditation, with going into a deep sense of relaxation first. But what's also interesting i found and i think stephen kotler talks about this in the in the flow collective is that you can also get out of bed and go or i can certainly as a morning person and go straight into work now when i do that i'm talking about use the bathroom then straight to work without any caffeine at sort of 4 30 in the morning i'm highly highly productive and time although i must be in a beta brainwave state because it's very active then I do lose sense of time and I can get so much work done. But what I also find is that is highly depleting. Like the recovery that's required after that session is much greater than if I warmed up to go into it and primed my brain. And I just wondered if you could enlighten on this because I'm always trying to optimize these things.
0: Well, there's a brainwave actually between beta and alpha called SMR, sensory motor rhythm. That's the one for cognition and focus. And that's the one you're using in the morning. So what we've done is we've created sessions called Digital Coffee, the wake up series, and it wakes that brain up. Most people aren't like you. I would say two thirds of America in our world don't wake up, they go, they walk with blinded eyes to the coffee machine turn it on <laughs> you know in the smell of the coffee starts waking them up and that's not a good regulating nervous system so what what we find is it's always good to do power burst like what you're doing but recovery—it's more about the recovery. I—I don't, I don't know if you need. To, I wouldn't fix that. It sounds like a really productive thing to do. But what I would do is at the when you find that burnout point or that time when you're starting to feel the diminishing return, we did a study with uh, a soccer team here called uh, Kansas City Sport, which is our professional soccer league. And what we did was we showed them with a professional athlete you can get an hrv before they work out after they work out four hours after their workout they should be back to normal right they should be back to their baseline so what we showed them was if they could do that we showed them that it worked but then we showed them hey do brain tap after your workout they got better recovery in 20 minutes and now they could go on and live the rest of their day so in your case what i Uh recommend is when you get to that burnout go ahead and do the 10 minute session then you'll have a new morning because it's it, what it does is it shows that we could bring back up to eighty to ninety percent of the energy they had when they woke up by doing that twenty minute session after their workout. So now they didn't they weren't burned out and a lot of them were going to have a beer to calm down and things like that. We found that once they relaxed their nervous system, they didn't have to go do those destructive behaviors. They could stay you know positive. And yeah. in fact, we showed them what when we showed them with the NeuroCheck what one beer does. It took the average person twelve hours to recover from drinking one beer. And we got them to stop drinking so much during the season. <laughs> so you know it's different things because that's you know they they're young athletes are professionals so they can get away with it. But eventually they're not going to be a pro athlete anymore. So you got to, I I told them we got to start the positive behaviors now instead of waiting till you retire. You yeah. know,
1: alcohol alcohol destroys yeah. this for me. I, I I I'm not drinking alcohol because I just find that it 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 depletes the the brain quite significantly, and it will it well first of all it smashes my HIV. Uh, which is really annoying because then i look at my scores and also it is harder to get out of bed and I i can't reach that peak state even if i've had one glass of wine i love wine but it doesn't it's not conducive to that and i find that with alcohol the longer the period that you go without alcohol the more sensitive obviously you become to it right and the less then you want it because you really notice the difference in what's happening and and the longer you haven't had it the more you can maintain that peak state without needing so much recovery
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. sugar—it's all down to how the body processes that sugar, and sugar is the death kill to the brain. I mean, you could—most um, people don't realize too that stress is the death kill to the brain because your liver produces as much sugar as a candy bar just from mm-hmm. one stressed-out event. So I—I I wrote an article how stress is more fattening than chocolate because people don't realize that. You know, people Shame. that don't eat sugar go, "Why do I have diabetes?" Because you're stressed out. Yeah. your your body produces the sugar that's why we don't need as much sugar as people think our body produces it we have to you know it more needs you know a ketone friendly kind of foods you know that feed our brain the right the right fats and things of that nature
1: So what you're saying, interestingly, then, for people who are, and and I do quite a bit with genetic testing, so people that are listening to this and maybe done that, they know their chronotype or they just feel it, they they are productive in the morning. Actually, it might be better to be getting straight stuck into something and postponing that meditation or brain tap session after that first sort of 90 minute run rather than trying to prime. Because what I find is I've actually almost slowed, it's it's creating a bit of a ramp up uh, that I've got to climb to get there.
0: Right. I think everyone needs to look at your, you're a universe of one. There's no matter how many, no matter how many traits, that's why biohacking is so important right now is people can measure their own results, figure out what works for them, but it's got to be consistent and you got to go for it. 100%. You can't try something out. 90%, let's say. Uh, Wayne Dyer was always fond of saying you have to cast out all doubt for the truth to remain. So you have to, if you're going to go for it, you've got to go for it. Commit to three to five days of just doing everything right. See how good you feel. And if you have the ability to measure it, like with your aura Ring, BioStrap, Apple Watch, whatever, you'll see those results, especially if you've been drinking. If you're somebody that thinks you need a drink every night, if you... Uh, we have sessions which they could listen to. That was my background. I worked with addiction therapy. That was what I did before. Uh, my my clinics were all about helping people overcome addictions. We have a we had one hundred and eight of them here in the United States. So the uh, when I sold that company, um, then started doing this a few years later it's still the same technology we people get addicted to emotions too they get addicted to anger they get addicted to resentment they but well, you want to be addicted to joy and happiness <laughs> and love and all those things uh, because actually in the the one study that i was talking about with the light that shows our body's light it showed people who are in joy and happiness and gratitude actually produce 200 times more light as well so that seems to be the magic number and they can measure that light now we all have this we are all pushing these photons out all the time. So, you know, we're, we're projecting that out. And so we're sharing our light with people when we spend time with them. You know, and it's more than just a conversation at a conscious level. There's a subconscious interaction with, with your, our biologics, not just our, our conscious thoughts.
1: How interesting about the light because I knew that you could measure the field like the heart is emitting. And actually, you notice that right? Don't you? If you're at a party, you can feel the energy sphere of the person that's coming. And sometimes there is not a match for you, right? But right. it's almost as though they yours is a match for them, and they want to come closer and closer. <laughs> but actually, it can feel a little bit intrusive. <laughs> yes. Because you, you feel it's, it's, it's quite interesting.
0: Uh, yeah when my dad used to teach silva which was a method of meditation um they oh used yeah, to, the, the
1: Silva method
0: yeah he was one of the first silva instructors here in the u.s so i grew up with it in the um he used to say when he'd go to sit down, people in there, the whole group of Silva would say this. I'm going to go ahead and sit your aura now. <laughs> you know they would, and this is back in the '70s and '80s. So people thought they were nuts, but now we know that's what they're, they were doing. They're, we're really doing that. We have this field that can extend 18 feet around us, uh, depending upon how open we are. And the more stressed we are, that field actually collapses. So you know, we, if we're open and receptive. We can we have an open field, and you know when we're basically looking at. Life, like what they call a new mind, and just curious, all that energy is there to absorb reality and what's going on around us.
1: And like attracts light, like, right? So, this is where kind of for people who, you know, I don't think this is going to be too woo woo for people listening, people who are into like the law of vibration uh, and the law of attraction, which is kind of secondary to that, uh, this is how it's happening, right? And so, yes. if you can well, we upregulate know- those emotions,
0: yeah, everything is magnetic in nature. We have this light, sound of vibration and it's it's being attracted. There's something called a strange attractor in, in in physics and in quantum physics, they've latched onto that. So your thoughts become these strange attractors that reality kind of con- collapses on and creates what you're thinking about most. And it's mainly because one of the things in neuroscience that might blow some listeners away is we take in 2000 pieces of information through our eyes every second, but our brain feeds... Our, our eyes feed to our brain 10 million pieces of information every second. So neuroscience will tell us we're making it all up. So what's going, because we're, we're only getting 2000, how are we getting 10 million? But it's, there's something, some high order of thinking and our ears take in 25,000 pieces of information, but we're only sorting out and using about 40 as well. So we're using a very limited amount of the information available to us. And that's why as we open up these filters, and start to realize the world we live in is much bigger and brighter and and bolder than we thought, then things open up for us. And those opportunities show up or those people show up, those relationships show up. They were always there. It's just, we were hiding them from ourselves because of whatever self-sabotaging system we had in place, thinking we didn't deserve it or something. Yeah,
1: and and actually
0: you can have whatever you want, right? Yeah. It's very interesting. in, In an infinite universe, there's plenty for everybody. And if somebody's running around with a finite universe, then obviously everybody's the guy with the most toys wins. but the the reality is there's enough toys for everybody. you know there's there's no lack. In fact, when somebody says there's too many people on earth, they did a study, and if everybody had as much room as they have in an apartment in in a luxury apartment in Japan, everyone on earth could live in Texas. Wow, so we're not overpopulated. It's because we live in a world of greed and and self sabotage, and everybody's trying to take from everybody else. I don't know how to fix it. I'm just that's the problem. I think we have to fix ourselves and realize that we live in a space of infinite abundance, and we teach that to our family and friends, and those are the people we hang out with. We start changing the paradigm of what we're doing because you know eventually it's going to happen because people are waking up and uh, realizing that. The, the fear is not working, the greed isn't working, you know, and those states don't aren't conducive to healthy living. They're not conducive to our brain because those are all beta states. And when you think about love, peace, gratitude, those are all alpha theta states. Those are all uh parasympathetic states or what i call the thriving brain states instead of the survivor brain states of you know the survivor is like i got to get as much as i can because the earth's coming to an end or you know or that i i need to have this this car that car so and and it's that's that's why buddha said all unhappiness stems from unfavorable comparisons so you know as we as we think about and and also i believe that with brain fitness When we start to maintenance our brain, which means our thoughts, actions, and behaviors, when we start to monitor that in a a unique way, what happens is we start to predict our future. Instead of letting our future predict our life, we start to predict the movements we make and we start to change conscious reality, how we consciously participate in creating what we want. And that's all part of just using i mean there are certain people that know you could take everything away from today and a year later they would be successful again just because they have a mindset they don't know how to fail you know they they might have failed miserably but they don't re, they don't realize it they just pick up pick themselves up off the ground and they do it again and they're more successful than before
1: and what do you think that is? Because you've obviously been incredibly successful. You've had multiple businesses. You, you had, I mean, to, to as I would say it would be to your advantage that your father was training the silver method, yeah. right? From right. from a very young age, you were exposed to things. And I look at my own children, you know, growing up now, I used to be a lawyer, but with a mum as a coach, I talk about completely different things that I definitely didn't hear as a child. And that must be infusing into them, right? Um But what do you think is, um, because you said, you know, go all in, like, if you're going to do something for at least three to five days, go all in. And I think that a lot of people, I would say, you know, you want to make a decision because everything changes when you make a decision. And and that comes from the Latin word, to cut off, right? You've got to burn the boats to be able to do it. But I'm just really curious because you've had a tremendous amount of success. What do you credit that with in terms of your own brain optimization and state?
0: I think mine was that I learned these micro changes, you know, that, that I didn't have to be hit by a bolt of lightning like Saul on the way to Damascus and change my religion. What happened was slowly over time, my dad had me actually read a book called As a Man Thinketh uh, by James Allen, and that, that, I, that, was my, that was my penance for one whole summer when I was 12 years old and changed my life, because it taught me that my thoughts create my reality, what I think about, I bring about all those kind of things that people are kind of quoting today, but I learned it at 12 instead of waiting till I was 32. I tell people I had my midlife crisis when I was a teenager, not when I was 30 years old, because a lot of people are waiting for a breakdown to have a breakthrough. And you don't have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. You can choose to change. The problem is that some people, even though they're good enough, is not good, but it's good enough for them. They would rather have the pain that they have now you know the old saying is, you know, the the bird only flies when the pain of staying in the nest is more severe than the pain of starvation. <laughs> you know, then they finally leave. So when people get comfortable, comfort is the curse to change and transformation. And also thinking you know it all. You know, um, there are so many people out there that they find one truth, and that one truth for them is everything. I don't believe there's one truth. I believe that someone today somewhere. It's creating something that we'll all learn about in 10 or 15 years. It's going to revolutionize what we're doing. And we don't know who they are. We don't know when they are, you know, but it's going to happen because that's the way that the human brain and mind works. I believe in the morphogenetic field theory that, uh, you know, that they proved with rats. I don't know if you've heard the study, but or they, what they do is if one rat runs a maze, they can't use that maze in any college in any university because every rat knows that maze once one knows it.
1: So, yes,
0: yeah. yeah. So if rats have a group consciousness, I believe that people what? have a group consciousness. If they so,
1: used one maze with one set of rats, they can never use it in a study again.
0: Right. So when they when they did the uh uh like, for instance, they always tell the story of the four minute mile. Right. When how did when we broke the four minute, nobody did it, nobody did it. But as soon as they did it, within five years, high schools were doing, high schoolers were doing it. So it's like. It's just that we have barriers that we put in place in our minds and we don't know the extent of what we can do or how we can do it. I mean, we don't know, I mean, we know uh, just like healers, like I was talking about the infrared light, there's a reason that some healers are better than others. They shine more light, they they bring more presence with them and that has to do with their confidence. And you have to, when we're talking, you've gotta be sure of yourself. That's why you have to cast out the doubt. And I think, you know, when we talk about epiphanies most people aren't willing to have those epiphanies. They're so locked into. There's the story of how to capture monkeys in the wild. I don't know if you've heard that, um, but they say if you want a monkey a certain size, you just find a, a, a you you have a can that's tied to a stake, and you have just enough room for the monkey to get their hand in with a potato, and they won't let go of the potato. And basically, somebody can walk up behind them while they're trapped in that trap bump on the head and they wake up in the Chicago Zoo because they're not willing to let go of the potato. That potato is their past thinking. If we don't learn to forget who we were or bless ourselves, like I, how I evolved a little bit, I think, was I have a chapter in my one book, Awaken the Genius, that I was blessed to be the son of an alcoholic because if I wasn't blessed to be a son of an alcoholic, I'd be the alcoholic. You know, my dad luckily got help through Silva and other methods. And now I don't have to be. And none of our nine kids had to be. So it's like uh, we had a choice at that point. So I think those people that survive and thrive have choices. If you can learn to be a choice generator, you know, always have choices because the worst thing you can do to a person is take away hope. And that's what happened the last two years, unfortunately. They they robbed everybody of their hope. They robbed everybody of their expectancy of. Truth, justice, and the in the right for health and vitality. They took away things that we we took for granted, and the brain said, "Wait a minute, that's why suicides are up, and you know people are getting." But
1: even su- more so now, Patrick, because we're following it immediately with. Uh, this threat that now financially first you were potentially going to step outside your house and and catch a virus that was going to kill you and now you're not going to be able to afford to eat and you know I was looking at like the other day I very rarely read the news but I was like I I wanted to see what is the media because I don't like the way they condition you and I was like I just want to see what, what are they putting out at the moment because people are scared. And you know, I hit on an article, and immediately it's like, here's how not to get food poisoning when you're trying to batch cook to save money. I mean, like that is just on every single level is inciting fear, right? right. <laughs> you don't have enough money to buy fresh food every day. You're going to have to batch cook, and now you're probably going to get Campylobacter or Salmonella. Like it, it's conditioning to fear, which is, uh, I think, scary when you when you think about it. Because right. if, if you if you can control people very effectively, if you make them scared,
0: yes. Well, when, when I used to box or do martial arts in competitions, I knew as soon as I got the person angry or upset or any negative emotion, you win mm-hmm. because yeah. they can, you're not going to operate. So keeping people calm, relaxed the the best thing people can do. If you're fearful of your food supply, go learn that you can cook your you can. They say we could have a wall garden. Every house could have a wall garden, take care of all their food supplies right in their own home Mm -hmm. so there are grow lights and things like that if you want to i mean what i tell people is look for the solution as long as your brain knows there's a solution you're going to stay positive and upbeat but as soon as you take away all the options and you're like a caged animal and you know then the but not only does the body that's when the 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 digestive system gets off because we have a thinking gut that's Mm -hmm. our second brain and if that gets irritated to the point that we can't even metabolize digest or use food we're not getting the minerals and nutrition we could be taking the world's greatest supplements and just eliminating them out because with the nervous systems offline because of stress it's not going to metabolize what you're eating so that's why prayer is so important you don't have to pray specifically but you have to calm down before you eat you know set your body up just like you would for lifting weights or exercising and you, know, you kind of psych yourself up you got to Psych yourself down in other words to, to get the nervous system to digest that food, and some in the you know that's why a lot of people pray not not specifically for that reason they're giving thanks but the re, the physiological reason is uh, Virginia Hunt out of California University did a study where she showed the energy through Car- Carillion photography of how when somebody prayed they actually added energy to their food, and when somebody didn't eat when somebody was eating junk food and they knew it was junk food but they didn't pray or anything like that. It actually robbed them of energy. She showed it on a on a. Really... Well,
1: but I almost think you could go beyond that, right? That if you have somebody who is angry in the kitchen and they're shouting and they're making that food, the transference of energy could be quite negative. Whereas when food is prepared with love, I just think it's more nourishing.
0: Oh yeah, when I studied with Yogi Bhajan, who who brought Kundalini Yoga to America. I was lucky enough to be in Phoenix and their ashram was there for five years. And I used to eat with them at least four times a week. And then when they prepared the food, they would tell you everything that was in it. And the last ingredient was always love. And I could tell you the, the food was really good and I was cheap. So it was only, you know, like five dollars to have a meal and I was single. So it was it was really it was really good you know, vegetarian food and at that yeah. time, you know, where you had it. But they've always I, I do believe that you can feel that. I mean, I've eaten food at restaurants and gotten sick afterwards. And, you know, and I don't, everybody else was eating the same thing, but I think I picked up something that was energetic about the food because I'm very sensitive to that. So, um, but I just clear it out and and go on, you know, so I'm very lucky my body won't keep something negative in.
1: (laughs) So So if you're listening into this episode and you're thinking, I want to get brain tapping, then there's a couple of ways you can get started that Dr. Patrick has kindly shared. So if you just want to dip your toe in and give it a try with your own headphones, then you can do that completely free with a 15-day free trial just head over to angelafoster.me forward slash brain tap, and you can try it out and do 15 days so i'd recommend doing it every day to really get the true experience so that's angelafoster.me forward slash braintap but if you like me and you just want to go all in and have the entire sensory experience which i have to say is just phenomenal um then you want to head over to angelafoster.me forward slash braintap 100 because Dr. Patrick has kindly given listeners of this episode $100 off of Braintap, so you just need to head over to AngelaFoster.me forward slash brain tap 100 to get your $100 off. Now let's get back to the show. And how do you, I'm just, uh, I wrote down there because you're talking about you've got to cast, cast out the doubt. I do want to circle back to that because that is for the purpose of brain optimization, but also for attracting everything you want. This is something people really struggle with because when they're creating that future self, they can't see it, right? So it doesn't matter what it is, really. If somebody is very overweight and they're trying to lose that weight, if they're trying to run an ultramarathon and so far they've never done more than a 5K, if their bank balance doesn't look good and they're trying to manifest their ideal wealth and financial security, the doubts come because the ego is kind of getting involved and and telling you, ruminating, telling you that your old experiences don't show that. How can you get rid of that doubt and create that future self?
0: So the first thing is we've got to clear out the past. So that means there's a saying actually in the Bible says you can't put new wine in old wineskins. And what he was talking about there was you can't put new thoughts in old thought patterns. So what, what we're doing here is we're saying that when you're doing your meditation, whether it be brain tap, whatever meditation you're doing, mindfulness, when that thought comes up, that negative thought about your past, if you just stuff it. There's a book called Emotions Buried Never Die, you know, the, um, and it talks about this. But what, what I would recommend they do, and this is what's in BrainTap, is take that memory and make it black and white. Make it black and white because a colored in, image in our mind has, has movement in time. We need to still make it a still frame, make it a snapshot, put it behind and figure out, what did I learn from that experience? I'll give you an example. I was doing a a therapy session with somebody on stage in New York and she looked like she was going to a funeral. I mean, she looked like the average New Yorker, all black, you know, nothing, you know, and she looked and I said, what's going on? She said, well, I've been depressed for five years and we found out she was raped in Central Park, which is terrible. What was happening was when she stored those memories, they were right here. Every morning she'd wake up, she was being raped again. She would remember yeah. that. And they never found them. You know, she so she never got even. She And I yeah. said, well, you know, that's a terrible thing. We can't go back and change it. But what's happening right now is those thoughts, you're basically reliving them every day. So let's put it behind you. You know, let the universe take care of it because it's not serving you to replay it. You're never gonna find those people. You're never gonna get even. You're never gonna do this. So let's put it behind in black and white. So what could you have done differently? Then we found out, well, I, I could have uh, ran during daylight hours instead of 11 o'clock at night through Central Park. You see, So and so she started to realize that and that started to unlock that memory because she also felt guilty that she had done it and then she couldn't she felt like she was to blame for it and there's no one to blame it's just a bad thing so put it behind you and what we started doing was we started to any sound about it because she could still hear them breathing and talking to each other and it was a it was a, a a few people and i said well slow that down till it stops put all of that the pictures the sounds the experiences two to three hundred feet behind you what would that feel like and she goes well there's 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 like an emptiness now. I said, well, leave that behind you. Check your body. Feel how you feel. Okay, now think of one of your favorite memories. Remember that in bright color. It could be anything. It doesn't even have to do with anything we just talked about. When you have that positive memory, what's going to happen is the your brain just like you've ever seen where they tear down a building but they don't build right away nature starts to grow you know they start trees start to grow weeds start to grow nature pours a vacuum so what we need to do is put a positive memory in its place and what will happen so what could have done differently well if i'd have ran during the day i'd still be in shape i'd be smiling how would your life change i got her thinking about a bright future the past has to change, it has to transform. We did it more than this, but by the next day when she came to the training, she looks like Easter Sunday. She's all bright, brilliant colors and smiling. And, and she says, it felt like I lost 30 pounds. Well, she did because the weight of that experience as memories was right here in front of her. In NLP, we call this, uh, these are state-dependent memories. So when you have this memory, it creates a state. That state is one where I don't want to look up. So this physiological state is one of depression. So she was depressed. So once we took that out of the way, we put a better picture there. Now she could roll her shoulders back, her chin up, breathe right, and move forward with her life and put that behind her and, and make better decisions about when she and she started exercising actually by the end of the week that we were there because she had stopped exercising because she had blamed everything she was doing. So okay, she was, yeah. And basically, the way we said it to her is that you were punishing yourself. There's no reason to punish yourself. Forgiveness is also key to this. And then so you you forgive, and then you have to create a gratitude kind of sequence. And I, I recommend people do the gratitude every morning before they get up when they're laying in bed. It's part of our... Wake up program too, but start to think about what you're grateful for because then the brain will bring you more things you're grateful for. You know, if you're if you're focused on those things, you know, if you're grateful for your children, if you're grateful for your your clientele, if you're grateful for the money you have in your bank account, all of those things. <clears throat> you just acknowledge the good, and then what happens is to to experience the good. The brain has to create a chemical corresponding reaction in the body. This chemical corresponding reaction shows up as emotion and emotion drives behavior. So if we can create the right, first thoughts precede action. So when they think about, or or they say thoughts are ancestors to action. So as you think about your thoughts, if you can stop it at the core, and what'll happen is once you train your brain to take those negative memories and do that, pretty soon, I call it Tai Chi for the mind, the brain will actually learn that strategy and you'll do it daily anything that happens to you today that's negative because we're all going to have that to happen but how can we learn from that experience and make it a resource instead of making a liability
1: when you because i I love that because i think it's so powerful My, my question would be when you have an experience that has the pain point is not the experience Uh, itself, like something negative like what is negative, because I'll come on to examples, but it's not like you've been raped that is a negative experience in and of its own, but actually what you're mourning is the loss of something that was in itself a happy experience, which bit you're going to black and white so a few examples, someone may have lost someone they love, someone may have uh, faced bankruptcy and lost their family home and they loved it and the experience was there, how are they going to have happy memories? Because they because they get stuck, right? So they can't move on. If they've gone through a messy divorce with somebody that they absolutely love, they've lost their family home, they've lost all these things, but then they don't want to black and white everything before because there were so many happy memories and otherwise they're going to live in resentment. Right. But the actual experience, but then if they stay in that past, right, they can't create a new life because they're stuck. So what do they
0: do then? Yeah, we want to remember the positive memories for sure. We just want to take away the pain and the hurt. And it's basically, we're nobody's trained for loss. We have a whole grieving process at BrainTap for this because nobody's trained to do it. And the whole process is how do we, we're designed, unfortunately, or we're trained, that everything's going to last forever. Mom and dad are always going to be alive. Grandma and grandpa are always, we're never told, hey, these people are leaving us. <laughs> and then when it happens, you know, we don't know what happens. So the, the main thing though, is to remember the most positive experiences and honor that experience and and put things in perspective. And there's, it's one of those things, you just have to go through it. I mean, there's no magical cure. There's no there's no magic affirmation, but it's it's like when that pain comes up, what you can do, you can do this emotionally too. So when the pain comes up, what's that pain doing? And if, as you go back in time, you only wanna clear out those memories that are attached to that pain point because you learned to have that pain. And whoever trained you, usually it's mom or dad, you know, who trained you or brother sister or a preacher or teacher, you know, they're all they're all training us. But when you get to so some people do it emotionally, some people do it with vision, some people do it through hearing. It's all but it's it's connected in a way that that pattern is there. And the, the pain is that this is Remember, all unhappiness stems from unfavorable comparisons. I had this beautiful house. Now I don't. I had this beautiful wife, now I don't. Or this beautiful husband, now I don't. You know, all these things. So what we have to do is we have to find another, we have to stop comparison. We have to stop the comparison and create a new mind, which means today's new and different. As if, this is one of the things I would talk to my clients about over the years is imagine for a moment, Angela, that you were just born, that you decided to play this game called life. We gave you children. We gave you a place to work. We gave you a career. We actually put biohacking information into your brain and we gave you a bank account. We actually told you about a future, but we said, you know what? We're gonna set you down right now, 2022, and you get to start today. How would that change the way you look at your situation? That's the way I want people to look at their situation. Yeah, that's
1: radical. That's radical, actually, isn't it? It's quite interesting that's a proper fresh start but with all the knowledge and experience that you have from everything that you yeah that's interesting
0: so you can't in the world of quantum physics you cannot prove to me that any moment happened before this moment there is only this moment in an infinite now that stretches through eternity So you can drag along the past. In fact, in my book, I call it the dragons of the past because people will drag them on and drag them on and drag them on. So I use the metaphor as a dragon because it can can become very heavy, you know, and um, you know, or can be, you know, it'll zap your energy in your life because you only have one hundred percent energy every day, and if you're giving fifty percent of it to your past, you're not creating the most joy, the most love, the most brilliant experience you can have right now you know those are all those are all expressions of energy
1: yeah in fact you're actually conditioning the opposite right because in that example if someone went through a divorce lost their house lost their partner and they're so fixated on that they'll be like i'm never getting married again i'm never you know because they're too afraid
0: right so but if they start
1: again it's quite interesting from ground zero with all the knowledge then actually it feels like an infinite world it's radical.
0: So, you know, and, and, I, and I just keep reminding them. And one of the ways that I get them to remember that is I ask them a question, very simple. I said, have you ever been in a dream that when you're in it, it felt like you weren't going to escape out of it, but then you finally woke up and said, I'm glad that's a dream. Yeah. Most people have had that experience. Yeah. Did you know the average dream lasts seven seconds?
1: Wow.
0: That's great. So this could be a dream. And we could be waking up here going, wow, all that past could have just been seven seconds. Of information downloaded into our conscious awareness, and now we get to move forward. And we, you know, we're here now doing a Zoom call. We're having this conversation for this podcast. So we, the the problem is that people get fixated in their past identity. They get this identity consciousness, and they start saying, like, they stand up at meetings and say, "I'm an alcoholic," or they say, "I'm a I'm an addict," or "I'm this or that." The reality is that you are none of those things. The number one law of psychology states you can't be a behavior. So why are these people running around saying it? But what happens is we put ourselves into a double bind when we say things like I'm overweight or I'm a smoker or I'm an alcoholic or whatever, because then the brain has to prove you right. The the brain's only job is to prove you right every day. So it's going to it's going to create that structural tension that proves you right. So that's why I always say hey don't don't count yourself short you're you're an infinite being having a an infinite experience you can limit it as much as you want because you have the you basically just like a computer game you can play at the lowest level if you want or you can play at the highest level of course you play at the highest level there's a lot more risk and there's but there's also a lot more joy and you know so you have to be you have to find out where along that continuum for me uh when you asked earlier why do i think it was successful over others is those micro changes if we change too radically what happens is we don't believe it and then we lose it all so if, yeah. if we could, what, when,
1: it's sort of like with the lottery winner who then loses all the welfare because they were never prepared for that that wealth so they spend it
0: yeah. And, and how many people they say most people don't even live six months after retirement, they retire and expire because they have no plan. Yeah. And and I just heard this about a racehorse yesterday. It was so funny. The guy says he had a horse and uh, we we're talking about some different land. He says that'd be a great place for these athletes to go because these horses, if they don't turn them out in a place where they can actually be ridden and and work with people and things like that, they'll die within two years and i didn't realize that you know look at how many people are they they work their whole life and then they don't plan for their future we we are yeah
1: it's weird isn't it where people i was in a coaching program with bob proctor Mm -hmm. and he passed away very sadly at the in february and it was really interesting because when i began the program i remember him saying i wanted to take my business into every country in the world every single country in the world and he'd been doing that for, for decades effectively and then he gets a call actually while we're on it from one of his staff saying well we're in every single country in the world <laughs> right. and he's done it at, but then at the same time he's yeah. saying i'm going to be doing this on my 100th birthday and he wasn't and and, and it was I, I remember being devastated when i found out he he passed away because it just seemed so sudden
0: mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it's,
1: it's interesting
0: yeah we we need to look at i mean I always tell people we need to kind of take the shaman approach to, um, to life. And I kind of consider myself a digital shaman in some ways in that the shaman says, live every day as if it's your last, but plan your life as if you're going to live forever. And I think if people would do that, that's the kind of the shaman motto that we would have much better life because people are giving up their today's for some future tomorrow and we, there has to be a balance there, you know, in doing that. And that the biohackers, of course, are saying, I'm going to exchange health and freedom. And that's the hardest thing for people to change about. And I'm just talking about like when we have our franchise company, my brother, Michael, who's our nutritional director, he hasn't had a candy bar since he was like 16. You know, he's one of these he's really serious about his nutrition. And that's why he was our education director. Somebody asked him, and said, Michael, it must be hard for you not to eat candy bars. And he looked at her and he said, you know, what would be hard for me is to get up every morning and carry 40 pounds on my back. She was about 40 pounds overweight, you know, so it's all different perspectives. It's we have to look at what's going on. And again, if we have an outcome, people will do a lot like people will work 12, 14, 18 hours on their own business. They won't work six hours for somebody else. You know, so we we have to figure out where, what is, what's going to make you light up in the morning? What's going to get you excited? What gets you up so you're so excited you don't even need coffee and you can work for 90 minutes or two hours? You know, that's, most people don't have that opportunity, which is, it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, they need to find that. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, if you drink coffee before 10 in the morning, you probably have a neurological issue because at 10 o'clock you're just drinking it because you want to have the flavor or whatever you know but if you're drinking it to to function then your biological system is the most um, taxing system you're going to burn out the adrenals you're going to burn out the body, but the electrical system, that's where the breath work comes in that you're talking about, doing those kind of things, getting that breath work to work and activating our nervous system, which is infinite energy. I mean, you'll have more energy, you'll eat less, you'll smile more, you know, you'll sleep deep. All of those things happen because you're you're back in balance. And, you know, there's more to it than that, like grounding and other other things we can do. But it's all about keeping that perspective. What's the outcome you want today? What is When we start today, it's, it's like being pre, like a precog, like in some of the sci-fi movies. We want to start to predict our future and then prove ourselves right. And then the brain will do that for us. If people are living from their past, it's very hard to recreate uh, something that's past. It's easier to create something new that's in the present.
1: Mm, very much so so when we I love that so when we talk about the brain tap if we go back to the brain waves because I really want to like uh get the information from you so people couldn't, you know, because I, when I was at the Health Optimization Summit, they were literally flying off. So I was speaking at the summit yeah. <laughs> and I think you you sold out completely. So I know that yeah. some of the people that I connected with there will definitely be listening and want to use it. If we go back to the brainwave states that you talked about and you were saying, I, I, I understand that when we're in our waking state, 45%, I think should be in beta yeah. and then around 30% in alpha. So that's about 75% of the day I want to talk about the other 25% when we're waking, but at the same time, look at how long are we going to be optimally spending in each state? And then I'll come on to how we can use the device. So if, like, what are the cycles? Is it 45 minutes? Is it 90? What can we hold in beta as an individual?
0: Well, what will happen is those brain waves will start to go backwards, like more, more theta, more delta, if the brain's working right as, we, as the day goes by. That's why we get tired. So the the brain at two o'clock every afternoon, our temperature drops two degrees. That's because biologically we have a cycle and at night it increases two degrees. That's why people wake up at two in the morning. So when these cycles happen, it's telling our bodies, Hey, it's time to reboot. So if you can do an afternoon session or after work, do one, that's going to really help the body to get back into its balanced state. Um, So at that point, our body is tired. Now, some people, that's when they'll go look for their chocolate or their sugar, you know, their coffee or tea and stimuli. That's why tea time happens, you know, and because mm-hmm. people we realize that the, this is a time where everybody has this lull and they want to get more work done. Well, the best thing to do is do this, like our brain tap power nap at that time, or do some kind of breath work at that time would be a good thing too. And then at night, what happens is unfortunately, that brainwave as it flows, if somebody has dysregulated it, and I didn't say it earlier, but when we've measured these 30,000 brains, over 70% of them, their main brainwave is delta while they're awake. Their main brainwave. So that these means are the
1: people with Alzheimer's.
0: These are everybody. Everybody. Like we, when we, except for at biohacking conferences, I will say we we see some of the best scans ever when we're at like Dave Asprey's or Tim's events, you know, things like that because. Everybody's there's working on themselves, you know. I I believe there's three phases to wellness. First is nutrition, you have to have good nutrition, you can't outthink it. You know, unless you're an alchemist and you have some greater powers than I know about, you got to eat well. Number two is you got to move and breathe. And number three, you got to do something for brain fitness. If you do all three of those, and then number four would be the fourth wave is spirituality, because if you don't have that, None of, As you keep going, each one's more important than the other, but as a base, we need to, to eat well. And so what, ha- what happens though is through the day, as we burn out at night, when that brain is dysregulated because of stress, and chronic low-level stress will cause the brain to dysregulate, which means the right and left hemisphere will not communicate across the corpus callosum correctly. If they're not the same voltage, like I was talking earlier on the executive function, you can't remember things because everything's being delivered at the speed of thought. And if it doesn't show up, the brain goes, hmm, the information's not there, and it'll stop wiring to that memory. It'll just unwire it. Now the memory's there, but it's not, it's like having a computer hard drive that the file allocation table has been damaged. You know, they they can't get to the memory. They know they have it, but they can't remember it. So at night, what we do is we're gonna balance the brain again, but drop them off into Delta. And each, each during the day, these three different times during the day, as you, retrain the brain the reason we call it brain fitness is because most people are in high delta when they get home at night from work they just pass out and that high delta means two things um it could be just inflammation we all know that inflammation is driving a lot of the negative behavior in the body and then but number two it could be a traumatic brain injury those are the two things we know once we see high delta in a brain because it's the brain saying hey i want to go to sleep i want to reboot i want to get back to balance the, the so they're says, awake
1: but they're in high delta but this is just in the evening is it
0: all day that's all why day. it feels like they're, it feels like they're pulling a parachute all day mm. and then they get home they sit on their couch to watch a little tv and next thing you know they're passed out
1: this is why when when some people when you're speaking to them they're they're struggling to articulate and they can't remember things and they can't kind of find the words very quickly that you want to communicate um when they what about the people that when they when they come home from work this is really common. Have a really really stressful day and they walk through the door and they want some kind of it'll either be sugar or alcohol that effectively puts them into that almost comatized state are they in a delta state prior to that or are they just very highly stressed
0: yeah what they're looking for is energy right they come Mm -hmm. home they need energy and the false promise of white sugar you know gives you that immediate boost and then puts them into a diabetic coma you know <laughs> so the uh the key the key is is to that's when they need to do a brain tap session or a breath work session some wim hof or do the four eight breath or do some breath of fire or something they need to get their their body's not regulating so the more dysregulated it is the further these two voltages go the more we know that they're going to have cognitive decline they're not going to be thinking right and that's where they get that what we call hedonistic behaviors like eating potato chips watching tv
1: and then they feel good though right because they're almost looking to be sort of numbed out by that heavy carb experience or by the wine because although it's triggering dopamine the effect afterwards is to put you in a kind of almost comatose state
0: exactly yeah so what's happening there is they're their emotional state is matching their behavior. That's why if they change their emotional state, they'll change their behavior. You know, and so that, and most people don't realize this, they are, you're not a, you're mostly bacteria. So uh, that's why gut health is so important in changing those, um, the gut health. Cause a lot of people don't realize the gut, the bacteria is driving those behaviors too. So that's why we gotta have that good gut brain access, you know, where we work on the gut and getting it, uh, you know, the toxins out. And so they can think clearly and realize once they go, you know, six weeks sugar-free, they'll, it's just like alcohol, what you're saying though, they'll, they'll, if they do have it once in a while, hopefully it doesn't trigger a cascade of uh, behaviors because some people are allergic to sugar. And that's what happens with the alcoholic is they get, it triggers a, uh, a cascade of white blood cells to be formed and then those create an allergic reaction in the body and then it drives the behavior. So there's a so if we just stop it mentally first, you know, make a different decision, we don't have to worry about the physiology. You so know, when they the old saying the uh spirits spirit's willing, but the body's weak, that's not really true. You know, your your mind controls the body, but if you don't take control of it, then of course the body drives behavior. A lot of people are out there letting their body drive all their behaviors.
1: Because the cells have been conditioned to that neurochemistry that you've been allowing all that time, yeah, so now they're asking
0: they're they're used to pulling into McDonald's or whatever. You know, their car actually has a groove in the in the road to get there because they their habits are formed. You know the old saying we form our habits, then they form us. You yeah, know so you, you have to change you have to find out uh, that's why I said micro changes. anybody listening? Pick out the one thing you think would be a change that would have the biggest event or maximum results in your life and make that one change. Master that over the next 21 to 28 days. Don't be in a rush. You know, this is a lifetime. It's a a lifetime journey. It's not a, uh, I love Rod Harrison who used to work with Anthony Robbins as well, but he wrote a book and he talks about there is no there. Like people are thinking they're gonna graduate. Like someday you're gonna graduate and you're gonna never have to do any of this stuff again. We're always gonna have to eat healthy. We're always gonna have to get our, keep our body moving and breathing. We're always gonna have to do some kind of breath work. We're always gonna have to do some kind of mental thinking. These are things that we need to work into our lifestyle. And that's why I think like the biohacking lifestyle, when we think about that, and you know, it's becoming more and more popular because people are saying, hey, I don't want somebody else to tell me about my health. I wanna monitor my own health on a daily basis. I mean, when you can put a glucose monitor on your arm and know the meal you just ate, how it affected you, I mean, and my grandpa was alive and he had uh, type two diabetics he, and he had to you know, do the prick and, and poke himself every day. I mean, that'd be like magic to him. You know, we can do that every day now.
1: Yeah, it's so powerful, so powerful. You, you take charge of your health. So I spent a long time trying to find, years in fact, a greens powder that I actually liked the taste of and finally found one that basically tastes amazing on its own Or actually mixed into shakes which is pretty unusual because some of them taste kind of really minty and that overpowers everything else whereas this one just tastes really really nice and it mixes well with banana and protein powder Uh, it also mixes really well with a strawberry protein I've been using and it just works super well just on its own on an empty stomach and that is athletic greens it has prebiotics probiotics and naturally occurring enzymes that boost digestion as your daily dose of vitamin C and zinc, healing mushrooms, magnesium to help you regulate all day energy and support um, energy production in our cells. And it's packed with superfoods, adaptogens, and antioxidants. And I absolutely love it. And the cool thing is, you can get one year's supply of vitamin D plus five free travel packs when you get your order of Athletic Greens. All you need to do is go to this special link, athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster to buy yourself a year's supply of vitamin D plus five free travel packs. Now let's get back to the show. Would you say then in terms of like optimally using something like brain tap, meditation, breath work is it's a three times a day. So would it be first thing in the morning that you do that before getting out of bed, before working Like How how should people use this optimally? I know you mentioned after lunch, evening. Could you describe like the best way to really get your brain moving through these brainwave states?
0: Yeah, 70% of all people hit their snooze button once. That's actually not good for the brain. But what we're recommending instead of hitting the snooze button, you put on your put on the app and do a 10 minute session. Do that digital coffee to wake up your brain. It's gonna, it's gonna imitate four hours of sleep. So you're gonna get the equivalency of four hours sleep in the morning and it's gonna wake your brain up. Oh,
1: and so they won't re- fall asleep after this. There's not well, a risk there.
0: No. It'll and it'll which one up. would
1: this be then? Looking it, in There's the actually
0: app. a series on the bundle called Wake Up. It's on the front. But then in the in the power user access, there's a a series called AM, which is the AM series, which is the wake-up series. Or there's a, there's also, if you wanna just do your breath work and do it with um, the brain tap, we actually have breath work sessions by Pavel on there. Those are really good. He's, he's really show? good. Pavel. Pavel, yeah, he's up on the top there. He's He was trained by Wim Hof, and he did a bunch of um, sessions that we encoded for brain tap. So you can do the breathing exercises while you're doing it. Those are really powerful in the morning to to energize your body. And then in the afternoon, you, you can't really go wrong in the afternoon because almost 90% of our sessions are theta training because adults are missing theta. So you can listen to any of the, you can listen to like Better Life Me, Stress Free Me. Um, we have um, Life Mastery. Uh, we have specific sessions too if you're dealing with something. If you're dealing with cognitive decline, we have Brain Fitness Series. Uh, I mean, we can you can listen to people like you heard. Ben Greenfield sessions are on there. We're always looking for experts, even like yourself. If you had a series that was v- visualization, we'd put it on there. Like we did with Dave Dave Asprey. We have his series. Uh, we have Jim Quicks coming out. It's basically we can do anything in education. Um, we can promote that through Quantum University, where I teach, where we bring out Joe Dispenza all the time to speak. Um, We took the coursework and I made it into brain tap sessions. So the notes are all done as brain tap sessions. So people will take the course and then they get to rehearse it in their mind how they might see it or hear it on a test so they can get through their coursework faster. Where is Quantum University? That's out of Hawaii. You, they, we, what we do is we teach people energy medicine, and they can set for their natural medicine boards. They can get a Ph.D. in natural medicine, and then they wow. can sit for the boards here in America. I don't know. Around the world, it's even more respected. But that's a, it's a good one if you want to do anything with quantum energy. And they have a lot of the Joe's talks on there, and Mekoswamy Swami and Bruce Lipton. Those kind of people are. Uh, we bring them in as guests. Presenters, I'm the I'm the dean of the brain-based part of the program.
1: How interesting. And then in the evening, what session would you do? Um...
0: In the evening, if you're doing it right before sleep, I'd recommend the Delta series. And, Is that uh, in the
1: power user or the bundle? Yes.
0: If you just do a search for Delta, you'll see all the different sessions. But we also have the, if you're having problems sleeping, we have the Better Sleep series. And we have them both in a man and a woman's voice. So I'm there and then I've had a woman do it and um <clears throat>
1: okay so it's three times a day because Amitay said to me he was doing a 21 day experience yes, and is that, that effectively what he's doing
0: yes you, that's on there it's the second bundle when you log in it's called jumpstart so when people don't know exactly what they want to work on i put together that's the okay, so you jump that's, start your
1: journey yeah
0: all this we've done we've published 12 studies over the last two years on BrainTap. And those were the sessions we used. So people ask, what sessions are you doing? So I just figured I'll put a jumpstart program in there so they can see. That's a good way to start the 21 days because it gives you a variety of what's in the BrainTap app. But there's 1,800 sessions, so you're, I mean, I'm probably the only person that's listened to all of them <laughs> <It's> because I <laughs> I, I mixed them all, so.
1: Interesting. And so, but what you're saying is if I wanted, if I'm feeling very energized and I want to just go straight to work in the morning, then I would do my brain tap afterwards. But if you're feeling tired, then you would wake up, do brain tap, and prime the brain ready for the activity.
0: Yes. Okay. What will happen after 21 days? Typically, most people, uh, I would say at least 70% of the people, would if they just did it one time a day would be good but you can still do it three times a day if you want but you can pick the time of the day you want to do it as long as you do it every 72 hours you're going to keep those gains uh just like working out at the gym you've got to do something you know every 72 hours to keep those muscles going
1: yeah i would say 72 hours of the gym it's interesting and so explain to me then what's happening because when you turn it on there are blue and red lights that are coming in through the ears and then blue lights coming over the eyes but with them shut um Uh, it's just really interesting like how that's working
0: what's happening there so first of all let's talk about the ear lights because people always go why do you have lights in the ears well We have meridians, which are like energy highways throughout the body. And Chinese medicine would do it with acupuncture, you know, putting things. But in the ear, we have something called iridology. Dr. Nogier would put a frequency of sound through that part of the body. What we're doing is those lights look to be solid, but they're actually flashing. Every two minutes, they're changing to a different Nogier frequency. And it's communicating with the body to turn off the sympathetic overload and turn on parasympathetics but it's doing, there's seven different ones. So that's it's because we gotta keep giving a variety of things. Now that doesn't change from session to session. That part of the program, it's just, we, we want you to experience those no frequencies. Now the eye lights, what's happening, it's called retinal flashing. So you, it's of course better with your eyes closed for the experience, because we're not really using the way that we see the world. We're using cranial nerve two and that's activating the brain so when you're when you see any flash in the right eye it's activating the left brain it keeps it open most people don't know this but your eyes are 30% of your hearing so if you if you've ever been to a lecture and you couldn't hear the lecture but then you changed your line of sight so you could see them like at church or at a meeting now you could see them now you could hear them that's because our reticular activator that's that those 25,000 pieces of information. It's telling the brain what's most important, kind of like a spotlight. It says that person's important. Let me know what she's saying. If we were at a dinner together and somebody three tables over said the word brain uh, or said biohacking, we would hear biohacking maybe while we're sitting having our conversation because that was meaningful to our reticular activator, but we wouldn't hear the rest of the conversation. So what we want to do is bring an awareness to it. So that light is doing the same thing as a binaural would do. So what binaurals do for sound, which is a sound, we if we want ten hertz, which is alpha, we'd put a three hundred hertz frequency in one ear and a three hundred and ten in the other. Our brain would hear a phantom sound of ten hertz. Well, we're doing the same thing with light. So what's happening in the right ear is actually happening in the left eye and vice versa mm-hmm. because we're we're going we're trying to exercise the brain to keep those neurons firing keeping them awake. What we found when when people meditate, and I've only had three people, that didn't do this and i'm talking about gurus and everything when we when we put them on an open eeg which means we're measuring their brainwave over time as soon as they start to meditate they fall asleep they they get out of the brainwave states necessary they get into meditation is not about deep delta it's about going to gamma or going and by the way you could listen to gamma during the afternoon too if you want to have some of those heightened states of awareness um but the uh you want to you want to be practicing brainwave flexibility that's why the three different times the three different types of sessions is the there's not a one session and listen to multiple sessions you'll notice in the 21 day journey it's different every day is a different journey because to create neuroplasticity we need to have something novel um, intriguing to the brain and it has to be different you know if it's the same thing the brain will go oh you know it's kind of like living next to a paper mill. You know, the people that live there don't smell it anymore because the nervous system says, you know, that's just the paper mill. We don't have to be aware of that. But when, you, when you're when you new coming there, it's a danger. You know, you're going, that's smell. What's going on? Because that's one of the ways our brain tells us there's danger. And they go, oh, that's just the paper mill. No problem. But you're going, how can you live here? It smells like a dirty diaper. But they don't even smell it. Because if it's something that's the same consistently, the brain will just say, oh, that's just wallpaper. I don't need to pay attention to it.
1: Which is why people can't smell the smell in their own home or their own perfume anymore yeah because they're conditioned to it and um what about then so like one of the things that i really like to train is uh you know when i'm when i'm kind of Trying to share information with other people right? is I, I read widely, I study lots of courses all the time is then use my brain to basically bring in from different areas to create protocols for people and share things that I think will help them and bring those threads together. That really relies on the strength of that corpus callosum right? and that right and left brain thinking if you're going into a session where you're thinking, right, I'm actually gonna go and read and I'm gonna study something, could you then pick up the brain tap and go, right, I'm gonna prime the brain ready for that activity so that right. I learn better?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that would be an SMR training or maybe even gamma training to do that. We have we have one gentleman who, uh, when I did his rescan, he bought the equipment like a year ago, and then I was at an event that he came back to and we rescanned him. And he had an inordinate amount of gamma, and I said, "Wow, that's a lot of gamma." What What have you been listening to? He says, "When I do my emails, I just put the brain tap on the gamma sessions, and I just have it in the background going because it's just music." And but he's oh, training yeah. his brain in gamma while he's doing it, and he's getting all this gamma training while he's doing it. I thought that's pretty interesting because I've never thought of that. But gamma or SMR, you could listen to while you're walking or doing different things because it's more of a um, an activity.
1: Okay. And what about when you're trying to like train the brain to not be distracted to be to have that sort of single-pointed focus? Would that be the that same? Would be
0: most of, that would be most of them in the theta series? You know, most of our sessions are designed for that. You know, the when you if you don't have enough theta, you don't sleep deep. So when you're saying that what was happening was because theta produces GABA, which is that, and then Delta is the one that produces serotonin. So, you know, all these different neurotransmitters, 54 neurotransmitters, so it happens while you're going through these different brainwave states, the brain is instructing the gut to make them based on your neurological state. So the more you can go through these different brainwave states, the more variety of neurotransmitters
1: you'll have. So you can actually improve things like depression?
0: Oh, yeah, we have one study we did for peak performers. We did it with uh, Googlers and uh, a girl named Julia has a program called Peak Performers. And it's actually in our program. You can it's in the power user called Peak Performers. We we actually had them do a um, depression study while they were doing it because we were wanting to find out why is this great exodus out of these big tech companies right now. And what we found out was that they were all depressed. These were peak performers we were able to improve their depression score by 70%, their sleep score by 47%, their overall productivity by 19% above what her program normally would do, which was, I mean, these companies pay her because she's really good at getting them. So now everybody who does a program does it with BrainTap as part of her coaching program because they she wants them to maximize the results. And we did, when you listen to it, you'll, you'll hear it's, it's her course, you can still get something out of it, even if you don't take her course, because she's she's giving tips about productivity. So we we have a lot of people. Those sessions, and it's all about what's the. Uh, there's some strategies, of course, that you can do, which you probably know. The uh, like she does, like how do you spell out your day? You know, how do you plan out your day? How do you get the maximum results? How do you get the big boulders out? Of, you know, all the things that people know. But it's, I always tell people, you get what you rehearse in life, not what you intend. A lot of people intend on doing all these things, but they never rehearsed them. If you hardwired into your physiology, you can't help but do it because the body won't feel complete. Your your, uh, physiology won't feel, there'll be something missing unless you follow through with those steps because you've rehearsed it. You know, it's kind of like if you've ever, if you go a certain way every day to work and then you... You have to go somewhere on a Sunday or a Saturday where you're not going to work but you still turn that way And you go oh darn it I'm supposed to turn yes. the other way I'm not going to work because you're so your body is so conditioned to go that way that's what we want to do with positive behaviors
1: yeah yeah that's just like with the gym where I train in the morning and if I have something in a day where I can't the entire day my brain is reminding me didn't did you, do you want to go to the gym now <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I do actually but it's really annoying because i to do so, could you stop reminding me? <laughs> but it persists. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you've conditioned it that it does that every day. Wow, interesting. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's really, really super helpful. Um, I'm excited with it. I'm going to do some brain training. I guess the last question would be: How can I track this? How? What's the best way for me to track my results other than what I ostensibly feel is happening?
0: Well, I think your aura ring is a good one. Okay. We actually just did a deal with uh, one of the companies. I don't know exactly how yet, but we can pull data from uh, someone's aura Ring, BioStrap, Apple Watch, all of that. And we're going to be putting together a dashboard for people that want to track their results, depending upon what biomarkers they use. Right. Um, you know, most people will first do it through their sleep, like you did, You know, found out that you're, yeah. you're sleeping deep. and uh, But also, if you're traveling and you you should test it when you're doing jet lag, because we have great results with that, getting the body back into its time. So that you don't experience jet lag and things like that
1: oh you have those on there as well amazing i'm doing some work actually with have you come across hanu health new company uh by dr Jay Wells, with um helping create a higher heart, heart rate variability uh, and so i imagine this is actually going to feed into those results as well yeah that's great yeah yeah yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Patrick. Where can people you be so generous with your time? I'm conscious we've gone over. I uh, really, really appreciate it. Where can people find you, connect with you, find more about BrainTap?
0: If they go to at drpatrickporter, that's my handle on most social media. I also have a website by that same name. They can find out about BrainTap there. If they want to try BrainTap, unless you if you signed up for our affiliate program i
1: think i have a discount code actually that i'm going to share i need to check with your team i think they've given us one so i will share that actually
0: yeah so share that out uh with that they're going to get a copy of my book thrive in overdrive and they're going to get um you know time on the app to try it out so they can go there and try that out they can they can follow me usually i'm there at the events unfortunately I, I got an award, a Lifetime Achievement Award from a group here in America at the same time that the UK event was going on. So I couldn't go to that one. And, yeah. it, was, um, and it was mine wasn't half as fun as the biohacking event was, I'm sure. The <laughs>
1: <laughs> but great to re- receive the award. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much. And you have another book though I wrote down as well, Awaken the Genius.
0: Yeah, I've written nine books. So if they look, look me up at Amazon, they'll see them. Like if they're, if they're a practitioner and they wanna use it in their practice, I wrote a book called Your Flourishing Practice and how you can add, um, we did a study with 40 of our offices and followed them to find out their successes and failures. And we wrote about it in a book so people can learn um, how to incorporate a brain fitness protocol into their practices.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. We will link to all of that in the show notes. I'm really delighted. And, and yeah, just thanks again for coming on.
0: Alright, well thanks for having me. It's great to have the help. We want to better a billion brains, so we need to get Yeah, amazing. I love what you're
1: doing and I love sharing it. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources, and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at angelafosterperformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela
1: Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body, and lifestyle.